0: T-G-I-F. Thank God it is Friday, February 25th, 2022. Welcome to another edition of the Walkway to Fight Club. I am Steven Mielhausen, North American content editor for Zone News. Man, what a week. Still going. Waiting on some big news. Can't even say what it is, but I'm waiting. Waiting. <laughs> but hopefully, we'll have some, a breaking news podcast for you guys later sometime on Saturday. But first, I want to thank everyone listening to that podcast with Bobby Green. Man, that's tugging at the heartstrings still. Bobby Green bared his soul to the universe. And just getting a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of tremendous feedback. So it means a ton for everything that he poured out. Because, man, as a father of two, that really tugged at my heartstrings. But a big thank you to Bobby Green for that yesterday. And thank you to everyone who's been listening. My God, we're now in the rank, in the High up in the rankings in another country, South Africa, joining France and Germany. So thank you guys so much for that. It it means a means, a means, a means, a means a ton. I promise. I really do. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. You're downloading. You're subscribing. You're rating. You're reviewing. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher iHeart, Amazon Music, anywhere you can listen to a podcast. You guys are doing it. It's awesome. So thank you. It is my pleasure and honor every single time to get behind this microphone and let you guys know I hear you. The world hears you. So keep it up. Keep listening. Keep downloading. Keep subscribing. Keep doing all that cool shit. So thank you so much. Today's guest, man, was lucky to get this one. Undisputed junior welterweight champion Josh Taylor. He returns on Saturday defending all four titles against WBO mandatory challenger Jack Catterall. You can watch that on ESPN+. Man, Josh Taylor, the interview was going well that we started talking about Terrence Crawford. And then he got chippy, and I get it cutting when he was cutting weight he's more than likely tired of hearing about Terrence Crawford but it is a conversation that has to be had and hopefully he does understand that I don't think he did but I think in the grand scheme of things if he when he looks back on it I think he will definitely understand but I'll we'll tell you guys more about next week at the end of this podcast enough of me you don't want to hear me anymore you want to hear from the champ the one and only Josh Taylor. He really doesn't need an introduction, but we all know who he is. He is the undisputed junior welterweight champion of the world. He defends all four titles coming up on Saturday from the OVO Hydro, the sold out OVO Hydro in Glasgow, Scotland. You can catch it on ESPN plus. He faces Jack Catterall, the one and only Josh Taylor. And Josh, does it get weird when we when you get called the undisputed junior welterweight champion.
1: Definitely not. I'm getting accustomed to it and I love it. You never get <laughs> never get used to it.
0: You know, I was I was talking to my crew this morning and was letting them know I was going to interview you. And I always ask my crew, hey, if you guys got any questions, let me know. And the one they, the one that really stuck out to me and I want to ask you this because I remember in the build up to Jose Ramirez, you kept calling him a peanut. So with Jack, what is Jack Catterall? You called him a nut. So, what what is Jack Catterall
1: leaving in the Saturday? Is he any food or anything in particular? Nothing at all. You know, it was a different atmosphere, and it was a different atmosphere in the in the USA. You know, I had it all against me. I had all the odds stacked against me. You know, um, having to come, having to do. Uh, I got hit with uh, having to do a, an isolation thing and go to Mexico City and things like that. You know, and then there was a couple of other things that. I wasn't happy around, and you know, it was. It felt like it was us against the world. You know, I wasn't able to bring my family with me. I wasn't able to bring my fa- my fans with me. You know, and uh, it felt like it was just me against the world. You know, so I had that fire in the bit between my teeth to to come away with the win even more.
0: You know, we we talked in Vegas a couple of days before Canelo and Caleb Plant, and we didn't talk about this at all. So, and this really intrigues me. Was it? Was ever was it just because of everything going on with COVID that the family wasn't
1: the, wasn't able to come over, or well, were yeah, it travel other restrictions and stuff? Travel restrictions. People weren't allowed to come into the U, the USA, um, so my family couldn't get the visa to come over. None of the, none of my traveling fans could have, was able to come over. So yeah, not, none of the none of the UK fans or my family or my friends could come over with me. It was just myself and my team, and that was it. You know and uh, that was it. So, yeah, it was just it was just like it felt like us against the world. And um, that's why that's why I was fired up and ready to go for it.
0: Was it extra added motivation for you going into the Ramirez fighter? No?
1: Yeah, I had a little bit more motivation, but, you know, but it felt more special, you know, because it felt like it was just us and the team. And we were really all working towards the same goal and we were all dialed in and tuned in together. So, yeah, it was great.
0: You know, we talked when we were talking in Vegas a few months back, you had said the knee was progressing, the knee was going well. How it how it when did you start feeling a hundred percent? Sorry, what was that? When we talked during uh, Canelo and Plant Week, we were I asked you about your knee and you said it was feeling pretty good. When did it start feeling a hundred percent?
1: Yeah, when I got back home and when I was in Vegas, I went to see uh, uh, a specialist up in California about my knee. And got a couple of good treatments on it. Come back, and then I started started feeling better. And when I come back, it just it sorted itself out with good treatments, good physios, and good doctors, and it uh, sorted itself right out. So, yeah, it's uh, been been training flat out ever since, you know. So it's been good.
0: You know, you know, I saw a picture. Toppering put a picture up with you and Ken Buchanan. A, how was that conversation? And B, was it surreal to be around him?
1: I've known Ken for a long time. I've known Ken for for since I was about seventeen years old. Um one of my first coaches was actually his son. Um okay. one of his sons, so I know I've known on of Ken for a long time. And I, I met him when I was about 17, 18 years old. And I used to always come into the amateur gym that I was uh, a part of lock in. My coach Terry, um, he comes in, he used to come in all the time, regularly, and train and keep fit, and I used to talk to him all the time. So uh, I got to look up to him and, um, you know, got to see some of his old fights and things like that and tell me all his old boxing stories and how they used to do it and how they, uh, sharing the room by Muhammad Ali and topping the Bill at Madison Square Garden and all his old stories were just uh, amazing. I could listen to them a million times over. So, um, and he used to tell me that I could be world champion and things like that, you know, and um, to then become world champion and then. Emulate him, emulate his status and become undisputed world champion. The first one to do it uh, in the UK in the full belt era, and the first person in Scotland to do it ever. You know, and the first uh, undisputed champion in the UK become uh, undisputed champion again since Ken Buchanan. So it's been it's been brilliant. And uh, you know, when I come back down and he come he came to my house after the fight, he he was like, "Well done, son." I says, "I told you, champ. I'm I'm just like you now. I'm just like you." That is amazing, and is is he so? Is he someone you've always looked up to? Yeah, yeah, I started looking up to him when I was like 17, eighteen years old, 17, 18 years old. because so he, he used to come into the gym, but I used to train it and stuff. So yeah, it was uh, it was really cool. What was it? What was
0: it about him that you were like, man, this is someone you know? I want a
1: legend of the sport. Just having a yeah. legend of the sport in the gym. You know, and some that's been there, done that, wore the t-shirt. You know, going away over to uh, America to win his title and had most of his fights on the road and away and away from home. And you know, it's just a real tough, old-school fighter and with, with class as well. You know, he was just he had that he had a aura about him when he came into the building and stuff. And yeah, he was just a a real good fighter and a real good person too.
0: Do you feel you've surpassed him, or do you feel like you, in, or do you feel like you got a ways to go?
1: I've still got ways to go. Yeah, I've still got ways to go. You know, um, I don't think I will say I'm better than Ken Buchanan. You know, is, uh, uh, I wouldn't want to disrespect him. I wouldn't want to disrespect him. You know, I just feel very honored and proud to that I can say I call myself an undisputed world champion, just like him. You know, I remember when the
0: fight was first announced with Jack, and I was, like, trying to, like, wrap myself around, like, why you would make this title defense, because like, you really didn't need to make it, you could have, you could have went. You could have relinquished all the belts, and then you could have went on to 147. What was the mind process in your mind of wanting to stay at 140 pounds at least for this title defense?
1: I can stay at 140 pounds, and he's, he's my mandatory, you know, um, it's my mandatory. So if I'm staying at the weight, it's my mandatory defense. I wouldn't have had a way of getting out of it anyway. You know, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't, have, I couldn't have not taken the fight because I would have got stripped of the belt if I didn't take my mandatory challenge. So it's a mandatory challenge at the end of the day. Why did you want to stay at 140? Because I, I can stay at 140. I can stay at 140 if I want. There's still big fights, but um, we also made a deal. Um, he was in the position to fight uh, Jose, uh, Jose Ramirez before me as a mandatory. But we both come to agreement that um, he'll step aside and he'll let me fight him for all the belts. And then on the back of that, I would fight. I would keep my word and fight him after the fight. And that's what I did, I've kept my word.
0: What does it mean to you to do all four, defend all four titles in your home country? Not not, there, not many people get that opportunity.
1: No, it's amazing. No one's ever done it. No one's ever done it. So it's another piece of history for me to make, you know, and um, keep setting new records and, you know, keep writing history, writing myself in the history books.
0: Are you the best 140 pound fighter in history in boxing history?
1: In boxing history, you can't say that.
0: Yes,
1: um, you know, Why I can't, not? I can't say that. I wouldn't. I would want to. I not want to disrespect other fighters, but I'm certainly up there. There's not many that comes. There's not many that become undisputed world champions. So you can say, say, I'm one of the better ones. Yeah.
0: Who are the best fighters besides yourself to ever compete at 140?
1: Oh, there's loads. I could be here all day. I could be here all day, so I don't want to waste any more time. But there's lots.
0: You know, you look at, the, and everyone's already looking past Jack, and everyone's looking f- towards your future. And yeah, how hard is it for you to stay focused on the task at hand and not worry about things that could be looming later in 2022 or the beginning part of 2023?
1: Very easy, very easy, because if if I don't, if it doesn't go my way, I don't get these fights. And you learn, you see what happens. You look at what happened with Teofimo Lopez. Look what happened with Anthony Joshua and Andy Ruiz. Look what happened to a few other fighters that have overlooked what's happened, what's in front of them, and it goes, it goes pear shaped, it goes wrong, it goes the wrong way. And I'm not making the mistake that these guys are looking past. You never, I've, one thing I've always learned in boxing, you never ever underestimate or look past your opponent because that's when it goes tits up.
0: What is the best thing about Jack Hitterall that you've noticed on film?
1: Well, I'm not going to say what, what he's good at. they might see this interview or whatever, you know. So, um, yeah, he, he, does, he does a lot of things really good. He does a, a lot of things really good. Um, but we know we've got the antidote for it. How many people have been bugging you for tickets? <laughs> oh, yeah. <I've> been, my <laughs> phone's still going. My phone's still going. People I haven't heard from in years and 10 years. Oh, how can you get tickets? And, uh, yeah, okay, aye, aye. <laughs>
0: So when does that phone shut? When do you fuck shut that phone off? Because I've talked to fighters fighting in their hometown. I've asked this to Terrence Crawford. He tells me, as soon as the week begins, that phone goes off, and I don't want to see it. Are you yeah, that same, same mode or no?
1: Yeah, same thing. You know, I keep my take. I come. Out, I sign out my my social media and things like that. You know, I keep my phone on in case you know it's my family and stuff. And yeah. but um, I only I only answer calls that 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 are either my team or my family or my close friends. What does this fight mean for
0: the country of Scotland?
1: Well, I think it means a lot because it's um, it's the first time someone's, you know, become undisputed champion in the four belt era for Scotland. First person to ever do it. And it's the first time anyone's ever defended their uh, undisputed status, you know, as a champion with all the belts. So it's, it means a hell of a lot, you know, especially after coming out of the, the pandemic. Now everyone's been starved of... Uh, going to events and going and doing things and living normal life, you know, so this is a, a real big event for everyone that's really looking forward to getting out and get back to normality. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to provide them with a successful night and a good night.
0: I know you're not looking past Jack, you know, but there, you know, a lot of people are talking about what could be, we talked about earlier, what could be next. And a lot of people, me and you had this conversation briefly a couple of months ago about Terrence Crawford. And if you, Everything yeah, but I don't to
1: the way I, I, don't, I know what you're going to ask. What's next? And I've said big... this every interview today. What's next? I, I don't want to talk about what's next. I've, what's next? is Saturday night. And that's all that matters is the, that's all that matters is Saturday night is um, getting that right result, and then we can talk what's next once I get the right result. I was actually going to go a different route, but ideally, and I respect that one hundred percent. Ideally, what would if you do what you're expecting
0: to do on Saturday? What does Josh Taylor want to do? What, not what anyone else
1: wants to do. I, was, what do I you told you to? I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about other what's happening next. You're, you're, you're beating around the bush. You're asking the same question, but in a different way. Um, and I don't want to talk about what's next. What's next is Jack Carroll on Saturday night, and getting that win is all that matters to me.
0: Is a stoppage imperative over Jack, or do you feel like just doing what you did to Jose will be more than good enough? Just getting the
1: win. Just getting the right result. Just getting... Just getting the win is all that matters to me. Getting the right result, getting the win, performing good, and coming away with, with still undefeated and still undisputed champion. That's all that matters to me.
0: You know, you're ranked number six in our pound-for-pound pound rankings at The Zone. And and I know other publications, you're right around that same area. How many fights do you feel like you need to get to to be the number one pound for pound fighter in the world? Not just in our publication, but in all the boxing. For other
1: I'm not sure, you know. If, I'm, I'm not sure. Maybe a couple of other big fights, you know, a couple of other big fights. But you know, I'm certainly up there. You know, it's got to be. I think four for fifth, is probably about right, you know. Um, but yeah, maybe another couple of fights, big rivalry, a big fight, another popular fighter. Um, would be good. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens after Saturday. And we'll was some big fights if I get the right result
0: yes sir and he faces off with Jack Catterall coming up on Saturday from the OVO the sold out OVO Hydro in Glasgow Scotland you can catch that on ESPN plus Josh Taylor always a pleasure sir. Sure. good to see you bring home that victory look forward to it and look forward to talking to you about the future in the next few months
1: thank you very much thanks for having me cheers thank- cheers thanks Steve. No thank, thank you it.
0: A big thank you to the reigning, defending, undisputed junior welterweight champion of the world, the one and only Josh Taylor. He faces Jack Catterall Sunday afternoon at the sold-out OVO Hydro in Glasgow, Scotland. You can catch that exclusively on ESPN+. Netline, I told you guys, he got chippy near the end there about when it came to what's next and Terrence Crawford and that people want to know. I like Josh. Josh is a guy. I've talked to Josh a few times. Really, really good dude. I can tell. Got a little chippy there near the end, so I, can, I don't blame him. I'm, you know, there's a lot going on, and he's got to fight more. This fighting one time a year, twice a year. You're the champ. You got to get in that ring. and You got to. You have to compete. If he doesn't compete at least one more time this year, I think that'd be a very big disappointment. I really, mm-hmm. really do. Even if it's a tune-up fight at 147. Because I think he blows out Caterall. I really do. I don't think Caterall. Even though I'll say the weigh-in Friday morning, Woohoo! hoo That got the blood boiling. Caterall's like, uh-uh, son. So we shall see. When it comes to that, I'm really, 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 really looking forward to that fight. Should be a good one on ESPN Plus. on Sunday, actually, the UFC's got a show. We got we talked to Bobby Green. He headlines against Islam Makachev. I am looking forward to that one too. Do some good, solid, sneaky fights Saturday. That ESPN show, that UFC show. Also, you can catch that on ESPN Plus. So, oh, I love Bobby Green. I you know really great story. Check out check out the article. Listen to the podcast. I, I think Bobby Green is really going under the radar here heading into Saturday. And Sunday, my employer, exclusively worldwide, on the zone, Lawrence Accole, Michelle Cislack, WBO Cruiserweight title on the line. I love Lawrence Accoli. I do. From the O2. Caeslak's no joke though. He's got that Polish contingent. The Polish people coming in strong, coming, coming in, coming in loud and coming in proud. Really looking forward to that one as well. I really want to see what Lawrence S'Cole is going to do. Bredis is going to be in the house, so it's going to be a very interesting time. i Lawrence O'Coley needs a big time performance. And he really, really does. A stoppage to me is of the most utter importance for Lawrence S'Coli heading into Saturday. Get a little. Let's get into a little bit of the big news. There's one, two pieces of big news. We'll start with this one. It is official. Tyson Fury, Dillian White, WBC heavyweight title is on the line, April 23rd, out in England, Wembley Stadium. So definitely, man, is my phone this is just blowing up here. My sincere, my sincere apologies. And this buildup is going to be interesting because Dillian White isn't really obligated to do anything besides show up. Just show up. All he's got to do, show up, and he will get paid. Press conference is scheduled tentatively for Tuesday. The Fury camp is unsure if Dillian White will attend, but there's nothing in his contract because it was a purse bid. That obligates him to promote the fight. Getting paid $7.4 million. I think if he wants a little more of the cheddar, I would show up. But I can I can get the reasoning of Dillian White of not wanting to really help out Tyson Fury and his team of making more money. So I can, I can respect that. But on the other turn, I can be like, come on, man. Let's make some more cheddar. Let's sell some more tickets. That is going to be an interesting build-up. I feel like Dillian White is going to do as little as humanly possible. But let's get to the big news. Part of the big news. The second half of the equation is I am not going to announce that yet, even though some places already haven't, but it's not signed, sealed, and delivered just yet. But this news, I can confirm. Ryan Garcia. Returns to the ring April 9, Alamo Dome, San Antonio, Texas. Emmanuel to go. You can catch that live and exclusively on DAZN. King Rye returns. The Rye turn. He hates that from what I have been told. I don't know why. Why would you hate that? Come on. Why? Why? I don't get it. I think rye ry turn is perfect cuz he's making his return. His Rye turn. Why not? Just just my opinion. Really really just my own. But look forward to the fight. Look forward to being in San Antonio. One of the most exciting fighters in boxing without question. It's a lot in that lightweight picture going on regarding George Kambosis. So we're, although Machenko has said he'll do it, but I know Cambosis is talking and his team are talking with the zone about a two fight deal that would include Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia. So a lot on the line coming up for potentially a lot on the line for Ryan Garcia but that's all I'm going to reveal today. If there is the bigger news, maybe happens later today, later Friday. I don't know yet. Hoping, crossing the fingers. But that's all I can really say for now. But I got to go. Got to go enjoy this day. Got to enjoy. Got to go get ready for Blippy. But don't forget. Thank you, everyone. Download, rate, rate review. Oh, wait, hold on. There's before I give the whole next week. <laughs> we got some good ones. Got Corey Graves and Carmella talking about their podcast. Not their, their podcast and their new series web series on WWE's YouTube page. Corey and Carmella. Really great conversation talking about the show, how they met. When did they know it was the real deal. Then we ask a couple little relationship questions, which I thought was pretty fun. Carmelo talks about not, like, tell the frustration of her not being on TV, and Corey tells gives breaks it down a little bit about WrestleMania. Later on in the week, Julio Cesar Martinez, the WBC weight Champion, he faces off with Roman Chocolatito Gonzalez coming up next Saturday, Pachanga Arena, San Diego, California. Catch that exclusively. On his zone. Also, we'll have QT Marshall, AEW star. We'll talk to him. We talk about a lot with QT. We talk about getting into AEW, training Shaquille O'Neal for his AEW match in January of 2021, and the potential of Hook. So I'm definitely looking for definitely looking forward to you guys hearing that. I know it was a good session with QT Marshall. Potentially one more surprise for you guys later on this later on next week. So but that is what's tentatively in the books. Don't forget, download, rate, review, and subscribe. All your favorite podcasting platforms. Just type in walkway to fight club. Bing bang boom. You are there. That is enough from me. This is Steven Mielhausen, and I will talk to you guys later. Mwah.